You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. So there's a lot of exciting stuff going on right now. I am going to jump into a few of those items. Number one, as you know, there is a very important election coming up this November. And leading up to that, I think we can expect to see a whole lot of action. (laughs) But one of the things that I know for sure is that God expects us as his people to pray and uh, to unite in prayer and in prayer efforts to push forward the agendas of heaven and to call in righteousness. Well, uh, I want all of you guys to know that I and my wife are going to be somewhere in about a week from the airing of this podcast. We are going to be joining a number of believers and leaders in the Christian world In Prayer in Orlando, Florida, the event is called If My People. It's being hosted by Global Fire Ministries, and you can register to attend online or in person for free by going to globalfireministries.com and visiting the events page. And so uh, this is, I believe, a time where there's going to be a convergence of us uh, believing God for his move in this hour. I also want all of you to know that the Bride Tribe Advance is not too far away. I mean, it is it is actually the day after Election Day, and God has told us in prayer and in preparation for that event that it's going to be a celebration. We expect a lot of uh, celebration in the atmosphere. Uh, we, we are determined to converge with heaven during our time together at the Bride Tribe Advance, which will be in Pottsboro, Texas, uh, just about an hour outside of Dallas. And so we want to encourage you to attend. Uh, Many of you have bought tickets and uh, many of you will in the next month. We are very excited to announce that joining us this Bride Tribe Advance is Worship Mob. And for those of you that have found their music on YouTube, uh, it is a guarantee that you have been blessed. They are an incredible team of worshipers. Well, yeah, they're going to be joining us. And we couldn't be more excited if you have not connected with Worship Mob on YouTube. I encourage you to look them up, worship God with them, and then Join us at the Bride Tribe Advance so we can all engage God together. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, this particular advance is going to be pretty worship heavy. And so we are looking forward to it. For those of you that have been trying to get a hold of our book, Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth, because it was sold out everywhere for a little while, including our stock, uh, we have been restocked. And so you can go to the BrideMovement.com website and pick those up. Uh, we have also made our supply available on Amazon so that those shopping on Amazon can now get it as well. <laughs> because for some reason, it seems like Amazon has been dragging their feet on getting that particular book restocked. Hmm. With this election coming up, I can't help but wonder why. But anyway, we know that God is moving as his people continue to pray. And so other than that, 
Folks, just understand a lot of transitions happening with Bride Ministries going into the new year. Number one, you can expect that a number of the students that have been journeying with us through the DID Coach Mentorship Program this year will be joining our ministry as DID coaches in January. That means all of you that have been waiting for help, waiting because, you know, uh, the coaches that we affiliate with on our website, they haven't been available or whatever have you. Um, or you've been on the waiting list for a while saying, you know, how much longer until I get off? Well, once we add all these coaches, we're going to be helping a lot more people and a lot more quickly. So that's going to be uh, a real big advancement for this ministry, and that's happening in January. We're also going to be moving the whole ministry down to Houston, and we are going to secure a church slash ministry training center building. Um, and we are going to uh, be securing land to build survivor housing and move forward on the project. And that that is something that we continue to save money towards. And we, we expect that God's going to do an extraordinary thing. So thank you for continuing to sow into us because you're making all of that possible. We want to do everything debt-free here at Bride Ministries. And there's only one way to do that. And that's either buying things cash or getting blessed with gifts. And so either way, we, we'll take it. Now, uh, one other thing, the deliverance portal is very, very close, guys, and you will just be perusing bridemovement.com any day now, and what's going to happen is, boom, you're going to see a deliverance uh, uh, link at the top of our webpage, and when you click it, you're going to find a robust resource that will connect you with assessments that will map all of your problems to our prayer resources and prayer pages where yours truly will be praying those prayers over you to get you delivered of every kind of thing. And things you know that exist and things you probably may not know exist yet, but you will soon enough. And so be excited. Get ready for that. And folks, without any further ado, we're going to get right to the program. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Folks, we are back on Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall, and I am very excited because I am going to continue a conversation that I've been having with my friends, Amanda Bies and Priscilla. And we have been talking about the underwater spirit kingdom, and this is actually going to be the third installment on these subjects, and we're probably going to be moving past some of these things into other fascinating and extraordinary conversation. Folks, if you have not already heard the first couple parts of this series, please go back and find part one because there's just too many nuggets to miss. Amanda Bies, uh, along with her husband, run Canaan Ministries out of South Africa, and they have been a huge blessing to survivors around the world. They have uh, many prayer resources and trainings and teachings, and uh, we just encourage you to check them out. Um, Amanda, welcome back to Discovering Truth. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be back, Dan. And Priscilla, welcome back. Yes, thanks. I'm really excited. Awesome. 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 So guys, here's the thing. Uh, we have a habit of leaving people on a cliffhanger when we are talking together, right? We just talk and everything's good until we get to the end because we stop. 
So the last time we did this horrible thing, uh, we were about to talk about Atlantis. And, you know, just as a brief recap, folks, Priscilla, as she was in the occult world, I mean, she, she, she was not just a low-level witch, right? She was a mermaid queen. Uh, she graduated from the ability to shapeshift into a mermaid with the fin physically and was able to shapeshift into the mermaid with the octopus tentacles physically uh, and move and operate and even breathe underwater, explore the depths of the sea. And uh, as many of you know, when we talk about the underwater kingdom and the sea, we always run into this conversation on Atlantis. And here's the interesting thing, right? Atlantis seems to be connected to a whole lot of occult themes. Uh, it, it always comes up. But the thing is, the, is Atlantis destroyed or is it intact? <laughs> well, this is a fundamental question. And Priscilla tells me she has encountered Atlantis both in a destroyed state and intact. All right, we're going to begin here. Priscilla, how do you encounter Atlantis in different conditions? Well, uh, good question. I think um, when going to Atlantis, it's for me, even though uh, you say high ranking and all that, I still I uh, I serve I served uh, higher uh, masters, so basically I was summoned and told where to go, and um, this could be uh, Atlantis. Many many times it was, um, but then there seemed to be different versions of Atlantis. So um, I, I sent you a picture. I think I, I, I got a few pictures. I mean, obviously, I didn't bring my my camera and started shooting pictures. Um, but when you go on the Internet, you you find quite some interesting stuff. Um, interesting about this picture is you, you see a lot of destruction. Uh, but behind the destruction, you see already new structures. So um, what I what I would see is um, there is a very old city, uh, Atlantis, that that you know has a lot of um, ancient buildings, kind of kind of stuff. But then there was also a part that was rebuilt or i would say it was rebuilt and it had a lot of modern technology i mean way far beyond what we know in this so-called modern world um and um i i think if you go to the next picture um and or the one after that yeah i think that that one uh, is good. It's it's interesting because even though I never really saw it this way, I never saw the actual dome that is around it. But this is what would make the most sense to me. Like like I I could walk. I didn't have to be a mermaid walking in in Atlantis. I could just walk being being a human. Uh, in there and there were lots of humans actually like 
um, people would be just walking around and not just people, also very weird creatures uh, would be walking around there. Um, and um, what, what I remember uh, from it is, is that um, there, I would say like Atlantis would, because there are lot, lots of cities under the water or underground. So Atlant like Atlantis is not the only city. And um, I would say that Atlantis would be like the capital city where like for you, I think ooh, Washington DC, I think is the capital. And um, uh, a lot of important decisions are being made there. Like the generals go there and the, the um, a lot of ancient information is in Atlantis, like like huge um, libraries with with books that that have information that you won't find in your average library. And um, I know of a, of another survivor that uh, he had a different function than I had, so he would often go to the libraries and um and and get the information that he needed to to get higher in ranking um so it's not just programming what happens to you at some point you also become partly responsible for your own growth in 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 the cult to put it that way and Atlantis had a lot of information, like not just your average programmed survivor could just walk into that kind of library and, and, and look, find some interesting books. Um, this is really a high level uh, books that are there that hold the secrets of, of casting spells, like from casting spells to to um, working with entities, um, how to like you you in a way you can learn how to control entities, or that's what they want you to believe that you can control them, and um, and and that that kind of information you you find there as well. So as part of your own journey in growing in ranking, in 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 this kind of satanic environment you you go to these kind of places to to um to get more knowledge i have a question now mm -hmm. so let's just explore this concept a little bit first of all uh if you are able to go under the water to get to atlantis then you get there and then you do not need your mermaid form to be mm -hmm. in atlantis Yes. So now you're in your human form again. How much um, free will are you operating under at that point? Ooh. Um, well, I think free will is key. So was I in my like in my outside world part i call it the presenter part the, the the part of me that was living my christian life 
I did not know, but there was a point in my life when, when I had the spiritual and the physical readiness to take responsibility for my life, where I made a decision in my cult loyal parts, my Luciferian parts, to, to not serve God and to be wholly committed to the cause of Lucifer. So obviously I was trained to make this decision. Nobody in his right mind just wakes up in the morning and thinks, okay, let me serve Lucifer. But I did make this decision and I had to take responsibility for that later in life. And um, once you make that decision, you move from being a victim into being an active part of the Luciferian cult. And you, um, you start um, behaving like that as well. Like you're, instead of being forced into rituals or participate in rituals, you're, you play an active part in rituals. And um, so there's a lot of free will involved. This, this, this was my cold loyal parts were freely, they freely chose to, to take this path. And that is how I got my ranking. It, it's not something that was given to me because I had a good bloodline. Like my bloodline was the foundation. And, and they built a lot of programming on that foundation. But when the moment came and I was, my brain was, was um, how do you say that? Um, I don't know the right word in English. I'm sorry, uh -huh. but developed. Yes, my brain was developed uh, right um, enough to, to make this decision. And God held me accountable for it even though it wasn't in my presenter. Like I didn't know in my presenter that this was going on. And a lot of people might wonder how that can happen, um, but it's basic DID. I think if you, if you um, start to look into what DID is and having different parts um, of your humanity being split, then you will find uh, a lot of information there. I don't think this is the right place to get into this, but um, my parts, there were, there were a lot of parts of me that were cult aligned, that really believed in the cause of Lucifer and who thought that God or Yahweh was their greatest enemy, that he was the bad guy. And I mean, you, you see this even in movies being portrayed right now that Yahweh is the bad guy. Um, and um, so in Atlantis, um, when you, when I, I mean, this could be in Atlantis or any other place then, but um, I, in my cold loyal parts, made a conscious decision to want to go for ranking. I mean, it's everything, power. And, and, and all that. They, they want you to believe that you are, um, that you can be the queen and that you 
can be uh, the wife of Lucifer and that you can be the most important one. Uh, and that is what you are, what, what I was after in, in, in that life. I'm not proud of it. Hear me. I mean, I'm really not proud of it, but that's, that is what, what was the case. Um, then, yes, Amanda. Maybe, um, it will help just if I can give a bit of background, um, what Pris was explaining so that, you know, people can understand how the survivor actually gets to that place of becoming cult loyal. Um, because you get born into this bloodline and of course you loaded with iniquity and the more iniquity, the darker the sin, the greater the enemy can use you. And so that's how your ranking is determined. And then they take you down a path and they, they, they do horrific rituals. Um, as Pris was explaining, she was in an artificial womb and so she had no mother bonding. Um, it was just, you know, everything that, that she's going to share a bit more later on about the artificial womb and the scientists and what they actually did and built into her while she was in the artificial womb. Um, but anyway, they do horrific things. And then when you get born, they start with the first rape and they rape you to death at birth. So before you even take your first breath into this world, you already get a three-way sex rape. So it's vaginal, it's anal, and, and, and it's, it's oral. And so what they do is they start to build foundations on your sexuality because everything about us as human beings, the deepest part of your humanity, who you are, your identity, is your sexuality. And God intended, of course, for all of that to be within the covenant of marriage and to be protected. So Satan takes that, which is the most precious that God gave us, and he makes it the most defiled. And so he will, in, in the process of the programming, they separate the, the, the foundations of, of the anal sex, and that's the beast programming, which we have spoken about. And then they also do the vaginal sex, which is the, the pleasure. So it's pain, anal, pleasure, vaginal. And it's different entities that get assigned. So they are basically separating your sexuality and, and your organs. And then they're building these structures. And then, then they, they, they rape you in that way. Uh, of course, in the beginning, you're tiny, and then they'll do digital, or I've had survivors say, what? You say digital? They don't just do digital. They, like, rape you to death. And then, of course, the last is the oral, where you're actually choking on the penis, and that whole baby, you know, the horrific thing that baby. So that gets repeated over and over and over in their lifetime. So they get, they get taken through death experiences. And... Um, then you have, so everything, they are a victim. They are under 12 years of age. The Bible tells us that your brain is not developed. Um, psychology has confirmed what the Bible has told us. So up until 12, um, you are under the authority of your parents. And so in the cult, your parents hand you over to Satan. They give you to Satan and he does with you what he wants to. And so you are, you are sold out, you are betrayed. Um, but it's still the parent that has that authority because a lot of times the survivor would say, well, why did my parents do this? Um, 
It's generational Satanism. That's just what they do. They hand their children over. So up until the age of 12, they are victims. And then from 12, there's this huge ritual because now the brain, what has happened with the develop, they work on development stages of the child as well. And so at the, at the age of 12, 13, it's where the prefrontal cortex of the brain now connects with the rest of the brain. And the, the psychologists also tell you that the child now stands accountable for their own choices. So this is a huge shift that takes place. They now receive the yoke of the kingdom. Now, if you look at the Bible, this is, a, this is something that's happened for years and years and years among God's people. Um, uh, the, the Jewish people, they have a bat mitzvah or a bar mitzvah where they do a special ceremony of going into adulthood. And at that stage is where they then decide, okay, who will I serve? Because now I can decide, do I open or close the doors of my bloodline? Up until 12, my parents can keep the doors closed. This is for normal people, all right, how we train our children. But after 12, when you get to 13, now your brain is switched on. Now your hormones are pumping. Now you have a choice. You can open up those same doors that your parents have shut. You can open up. And you can make covenants with your bloodline demons again. It's your choice. That's the way the freedom of choice comes from. And so from the age of 13, Lucifer does a copycat. And he does a big celebration where he takes him through the most horrific ritual, where they get crucified upside down, where there's sexual rape, like terrible. Like also go through death experience. Um, it, is, it is just lots of death. What they believe is that they, 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 the first baby that they've ever given birth to, you know, they play with their hormones. So they, they can start to become fertile very young. And so the first child, um, they actually get given a baby of about 13 months that they believe they are killing the baby in them that opened their heart to Jesus, where they read the scripture to the child at 13 months. 13 is a big number in the cult, in the Illuminati. So at 13 months, they will read the scriptures. Now, by that time, they've raped the child many times. So they say to the child, um, do you want to open your heart to this Jesus? Because he, he'll come to help you. He doesn't want children to suffer. He says, let the little children come to me. And so this child, of course, opens a little heart and, and there's like a, a connection, the, the child's heart and, and the heart of God, it's like a born again experience that takes place. And they can see it in the spirit. They can see when the glory of God comes upon the child, they see it. And then um, that is where the spirit of, of, of God and the child connect. And immediately when that happens, they rape the child again three-way. And they try and wrap that part of, of the life of God that is now within the child to death. And they try and keep that new birth identity. We call it a new birth identity. They keep that part wrapped in death. 
And that will be repeated over and over and over as the child grows up. So at the age of 13, when they bring the child a 13-month-old baby, that child believes, I'm killing the one who opened their heart to Jesus. I'm killing this baby. So they sacrifice this 13-month-old baby. And the 13-year-old child believes, I'm killing Jesus in this baby now. So that's, that's the whole ritual. 13 is a, that is where they then start doing the five eye wills of Satan. And they agree that they are turning their back to God. They are walking away from God willingly. With it, they now not a victim anymore. Now they become a perpetrator. And so now they are the ones that start to, to train other little children and start doing bad things to other children. And so they become active and being a, vict a, a, a perpetrator. And so the thing is, when you're in, working in therapy with people, with survivors, many of them want to stay in the victim mindset. And that means, poor me, bad things happened. Yes, it did. But you have to walk over and take responsibility. You have to realize you're not a victim. After 12, you're not a victim anymore. Now you become a perpetrator. This is protocol. And this happens. And, and that is such a big step for a survivor to realize. Take responsibility. Because I have hurt other people. I've hurt other children. I have killed. I have murdered. I have raped. Whatever they made me do, whatever they made me believe, I've done it. I am attacking Christian ministries. I am attacking churches. I am causing pastors to fall. I am being used in the kingdom of darkness. Although as the presenter, it's the last thing they want to do. Because their presenters are amazing people. They are such special people. They don't want to attack. And so it's so important that as, as, a, as the survivor and the therapist, that you have to get to this place of saying, listen, you must start growing up and taking responsibility for attacks and for the fact that you're a perpetrator, you can't stay a victim because that means you stay under 12. And a child under the age of 12 can't take responsibility. So you're not going to grow. You're not going to get better. You've got to move into the adult parts where the trouble is, where the assassins are, where, where, where the murderers are, where, where the sex queens are. That's where we have to go because that is when we're going to start getting a breakthrough because you, we're working with an adult who has, with their own free will, made the choice to serve Lucifer. Do, do, you, do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, I just thought I'd put that in so that Pris can, um, you know, to back up, why did she become cult active? And, and, and the thing is, you know, when you get raped as a child and you get beaten and you get tortured, there's an angry part in you that stands up. There's not just someone crying all the time. There's a part that says, no, this is wrong. And I stop getting angry. So what do they do? They encapsulate the anger. And they start forming the 13-year-old from the beginning. They start building, building, building this 13-year-old so that by the time they're 13, they are so full of anger and hatred 
And they get told, this is the Jesus that does it. This is the church. You can't trust the church. You see, this is, they, 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 they trick you. They lie. You, they, they say they love you. That's rubbish. So they build up all this anger and this hatred. And they take that 13-year-old that is loaded and charged with their own anger and hatred towards the church as they were forced to do the, you know, all these bad things happen to them. But also, Lucifer's anger comes upon them. So they get double charged, not just their own human anger, but there's Lucifer's anger. Why? Why his anger? He can't be saved. And he is so angry because he can't be saved. But we can. There's grace for us, but there's not grace for him. And so he loads his anger onto the 13-year-old. And that is why at that, that ritual where they turn their backs, it's Luciferian anger as well. And Nephilim anger as well. So that is why they can willingly make the choice and be a Luciferian because of everything that had happened to them and the anger that, that has been worked on and encapsulated and used. I also think that's where um, as a 12 or 13 year old, you like I did not believe that I could be saved anymore. I killed that part of me that that was saved and I killed Jesus in that part of me so I I knew I was convinced from now on I can never be saved anymore so if you are convinced that you cannot be saved then what does it matter what you do you're going to hell anyway so you better just make your time on earth as good as you can by growing in your ranking and growing up and up and up um, because you believe that the higher I get up, the less I will be tortured. So, yeah. That, that was extremely thorough. And uh, I, uh, you know, when it's broken down so plainly, it helps because there are going to be some of you that listen to this program. This is going to trigger the mess out of you. That's a good thing, right? I, 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 you know, I'm not anti-trigger to the extent that as long as you can stay like present enough to get through the trigger, that's often Holy Ghost putting his finger on, this is where I want to heal you. And some of you guys that are listening to this may you know, be survivors to some extent of abuse and psychological traumas and such, so on and so forth. Uh, you are not in an Illuminati cult. So this level of ritual may not apply to you. Some of you will. However, I, you know, I, I'm so glad, Amanda, that you're able to break this down so plain as day, because I mean, it really, really does help to, I mean, bring understanding to the kinds of things that someone like Priscilla is going to be saying. And so with that said, listen, you're here in Atlantis, Priscilla. Uh, you have a semblance of free will, which is really the will of your Luciferian parts that are 
angry and believe they cannot be saved and now they need to help bring in whatever they're told to, uh, yeah. you are summoned to Atlantis. I want to ask this question. I've run into this concept that Atlantis exists on alternate Earths. And of course, for those of you that have done quantum physics and uh, studies in, you know, the multiverse theory, which is not a theory, it's true. And uh, you run into the multi-worlds idea where there are multiple Earths. And what happens relative to one may be also or not occurring on another. And uh, the questions about how the uh, consciousness and the essence of those of us that live here may or may not have implications on those parallel planes going out. And uh, also the questions of timelines and how timelines here are affected or not by the timelines and these other ones. And these are the themes that I've had to explore with survivors because of the uh, amount of survivors that have been caught up in time travel, uh, whether or not they were part of an official government-sponsored time travel project. Now, having said all of that, one of the things that we ran into, at least for me, is Atlantis on parallel or alternate Earths. And I wanna ask you, is this have anything to do with your experience, particularly with understanding that your summoning took you sometimes to the labyrinths and the deep sea and may have exited you in God knows what other places. So I'm just asking the question. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I don't think when you, it's, it's a difficult, difficult concept. Yes. But it's also in a way easy to understand once you, have a little bit of understanding of quantum physics um and i think the the whole thing of parallel uh universes or or things like that um I, for me it's true like i've been there done that it's it's i mean even if i would not know the science which i i mean i don't even understand the science behind it but I've seen it. And um, so I think that is that is very true, that there are parallel universes, Earths, uh, other Earths as well. Difficult word for a Dutchie to say. Um, and then, um, yes, if there is another Earth, why not another Atlantis? And, um, you know, there are many, I would say, um, and, and many bases as well. Many, like, what? just to stay in the example of the library, um, the library that is on the Atlantis here in this earth, um, it's not the same library that is in a, in a parallel earth. Um, there is different information you can find there. And uh, some information might be, um, um about um events that have not happened or not yet have happened in this earth but might happen in in you know in another time or near future so 
um, it's, it's a different history. Like the history books you find on this earth are not the same history books that you find in the library in, in the other Atlantis. So it's, it's, it's very interesting um, um, how that works. Um, getting there, of course, is also quite a, a challenge. It's not something that, that just comes easy. You don't get a map and you know go this go there second turn left um it's it's something you have to discover it takes a lot of psychic um abilities um like uh, maybe an easy way to explain or when i would be in a in, in a labyrinth trying to find my way what what I would do, for example, is I would project part of my essence in front of me to kind of, um, you know, how, how, how are those animals like the, the bats? Bats? Yeah. Are they called bats? Mm -hmm. they, they have this technique that they, they, um, they make a noise and it goes and, and as soon as they find it, it, it reflects back to them. So that's kind of what I would do with my own essence. I would I would send my essence out in front of me and it would kind of report back to me what would come in front. And in that way, if it was something really bad, I would know I'd better not take this turn. I'd better go to the other side. Um, Doing that, sometimes I would encounter something that was really bad and really strong and it would capture that that part of my essence. But at least it would be just a part of my essence and not me completely. So it, it was it, it was a risk that I took to to not be completely um, trapped by by some sort of entity. And um, so if you travel that way through the labyrinth, you, you, you find your way and you learn to do this fast. So this is not a very slow thing that you do. It goes really fast and it, the informations come, come back to you really, really quick. And at some point you get to a portal and, um, and that portal can bring you to to an uh, uh, to another place on Earth, on this Earth, but it can also bring you to to another um, Atlantis, for example. So, um, does that answer your question? So, you're telling me that when you are in these labyrinths, um, navigating the uh, what, what do we call them? The pathways. Yeah. Uh, you are able to navigate them with psychic powers and occult abilities, which involve projecting essence to navigate. Yes. And when you get to the end of some of these pathways, you find portals, doors, gates that take you different places, including yeah. alternate earths in yes. some cases. And you would assess that alternate earths have alternate Atlantis and those Atlantis will exist relative to alternate histories. So they have 
variations on information. Now, do you know what is interesting? Can, can I just share something that is interesting? What I oh, found... because nothing else you said is interesting at all. <laughs> I was just like, we'll just distinguish this from everything else, please. Yes, let's get to the interesting stuff. <laughs> all right. Yes, let's go. Let's get to the interesting part. So this, this is, all right, let's call it amazing. Every, every alternate reality I've been, there has been an event in history where the authority was taken from Satan and given to Jesus. Like, there is no place where I went that Jesus was not the final authority. And I think that frustrates Satan so much. And, and like, but it's like when, when Jesus said it is finished and when he rose from the, from the dead, it was not just in this earth and in this reality. Like the Bible teaches us that, that Jesus holds everything together, like everything, which means every reality, everything is in him and through him. So the, the sacrifice of Jesus and him defeating the enemy has happened in every single reality. And I think that is just the most amazing thing. Amazing. <laughs> it, you know, the interesting thing is, Priscilla, honestly, what you're saying there is a, a deep mystery. There are going to be mechanics for deliverance. Uh, I, I'm actually just now beginning to work on uh, that lean into the revelation of all things being contained in him. That, that revelation is extremely big. Uh, I'm now trying to weaponize it, but I have a long way to go. So, well, I mean, God <laughs> bless you with that because I mean, I'm seriously, it's we Christians, you know, we go to church, we sing our songs, and 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 we go back home and we live our lives the rest of the week, and we go back to church, you know, and the circle goes on. We, how powerful will it be if if we start to live from this reality and we start praying in this reality and doing warfare knowing that 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 jesus is in all and overall and he is all mm. and and i mean i really am excited to hear that that you're working on this kind of prayer because we need it the body needs it so mm. well and Oh, please, I Amanda. Could, yes. And I can just say that um, I think, you, you know, you, you get people that, that write books and, and it's great. And it, it backs up a lot of theology. And, and so they come from a, from a theological background, but it's theory. And then you get those that actually work on the ground with survivors who have been to these places it's a different ballgame and you can hear from a person's words and just the way he prays and the way, you know, you know, God, um, by 
are they on the ground? Are they working genuine with survivors that have been there? And you got to pray them out of those places. And, you know, what is so great is to, when you pray with someone and you, and you, you take, you know, take them through the, the whole thing, the, the crucifixion. And then, you know, when, when, when Jesus died, he paid for everything. And, and then he walked into the throne room of Lucifer and he took away from him the keys of life and death. And so he's got the keys. And then it's like the shock, the survivor. I said, oh, so he showed you the keys he's got. They play, play keys. They're not the real keys. Jesus has got the real keys. And then you just see, you know, it's this knowing, knowing who he is, knowing. Oh, man, it is. They, I think just working in this field, having the privilege of walking alongside a survivor is such a blessing. Look, of course, there's a price to pay. We won't, we won't deny that. There is a price to pay because, you, you, you know, it's just the persecution that's there and, and all the rest. But the blessing that you get of knowing God in a way that you wouldn't otherwise, like Chris was describing, going to church and going home and living your life. And you, you don't know God. You don't know him like, like walking with a survivor who's been into all of these places and under the sea. And in, I mean, it sounds weird and wacko, but, but it's real. I mean, these are dimensions and this is what Jesus died for. And so uh, it just makes our walk with him so much more powerful. I'll tell you what, it, it is rich. I, I, <laughs> I don't know how else to say this, okay? But this is the, the thing. Because there are parallel earths, parallel worlds, parallel universes, it is impossible that with initiated persons traversing these realms, it will be possible to set them free without addressing the brokenness and captivity of their humanity in those realms. It has to be part of the formula for healing. It has to be part of it. And so, this, I'm really excited we're able to talk about this a little bit because, you know, the body of Christ, they, they, they don't know, but they need to. Uh, they may not want to know, but I don't care. <laughs> Take it. Take it. It's like good medicine. Eat it. Here's some meat. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, this has been fascinating. Is there anything else you want to say on Atlantis before I get to the next thing that may or may not be fascinating no go on okay well water spirits and the moon guys here's the thing right we know that earth's tides are tied to the moon so the tide comes in the tide goes out right this is just basic knowledge so we know that there are aspects of the water 
uh, the water kingdom that are environmentally tied, uh, tied through laws of, uh, I mean, I don't even think you have to get to quantum physics to get to this revelation. Right? You basically established this on Newtonian physics. It's just, that's, that's true. But there's a lot of ties between the moon and the water spirit kingdom. True. <laughs> Such as? <laughs> Such as? Well, interesting thing before, I mean, Amanda has a lot of interesting things to say about this as well, but what I... Um, what I found out when I was working on my queen mermaid uh, parts, hmm. um, we were we were going through this, and and suddenly I realized there is another part attached to this mermaid queen, but from a distance. It's it's like a cording. So it's it's not a direct attachment, but it's through a cord, and and as as I we were exploring this, we suddenly discovered there that there was another queen that was actually on the moon, and this queen that was on the moon was working with the mermaid queen in the water. And and they were exchanging information and, and strategies and, and, and things like that, because, um, you know, just like the moon is working with water, the parts on the moon are working with parts in the water. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. and, and that was really interesting to find out how close they were tight and and um, and that that as the mermaid queen, I could not fully be free if the queen on the moon was not going to submit to God as well. So it took quite another journey to to get that done, to to have the queen on the moon submit to to Jesus Christ and to um, to to surrender. And when that was done, there was a that was true true freedom was was very amazing yeah what was this like from your perspective amanda oh it's been it's been an interesting journey learning about the water spirits and being in south africa um and working with a lot of witchcraft uh, i'm talking african witchcraft um also looking at the menstrual cycle um because they you know visit witch doctors um if they want to fall pregnant uh, they have to drink water. And so um, then, you know, bringing the link in, which is just the scientific link that God has put into place. And that is that, as you said in the beginning, the moon um, has an effect on the waters. Of, so there's like an agreement. There's an agreement that the one can't work without the other. So uh, there's a dependency upon each other. And um, then started to look at the human being, which is made up of, of a lot of water. And so the waters in our bodies are affected by the moon. And early on in, in my journey with doing deliverance, um, I was ministering to a guy who was a, he was an engineer. And every full moon, as the moon grew to fullness, he would go insane. 
So it was that whole manic, you know, the manic depression, that the manic thing that would kick in with the full moon. And um, he would basically destroy everything. He would break televisions and break the chairs and break the windows. It, it was just crazy on, on that day. So he, he came in for the appointment, sat, told me the story, and I started looking around my room, and I'm thinking, what's, if we start praying, you know, what's going you know, to be left of my room? You know what goes through your head? And, and, and it's, it's, you know, me and another lady, uh, a spiritual mother who was with me, and I thought, woo, you know, the Lord's going to come through for us, for sure. We're going we're gonna to need some help here. But that was our baby shoes, to learn the connection between the moon and the waters. And how the, our, the water in our body gets affected. Um, also, how the moon, um, you know, goes full or goes into, we've just had, yesterday we've had new moon. And so you've got the effects. And then what was very interesting is on the menstrual cycle. And that is that um, because the woman's cycle is 28 days and the whole thing with the moon and... Um, so, so if, if women battle to fall pregnant, um, they would then, you know, they would covenant with water spirits um, to, to give them help. So they would go to, for example, up in Africa at the River Nile, at the source of the River Nile, uh, which is in Uganda, they have um, a spirit, which is the hippopotamus. And they would actually go and bow down and worship the spirit and call upon this spirit because it's nice and round. So it looks like permanently pregnant. And they would then invoke the spirit as, as a fertility symbol, um, you know, to, to help them to get pregnant. Um, they, there's also, uh, so what we would find is if people have been involved in witchcraft on the bloodline, and the girls have tremendous pain, menstrual pain, and they have a lot of bleeding. Then you know you are dealing with water spirits. You're dealing with witchcraft mm. that has used water spirits. And this has an effect on, on the fertility. So there's fertility, witchcraft and fertility cults work together. So it's, it's got a direct effect upon, upon the fertility. So you've got young girls that start up with, with the menstrual cycle, but suffer tremendous pain and, 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 you know, a lot of bleeding. And all of that is sacrifice to the fertility uh, spirits, you know? So, yeah, so we've, we've done a lot of deliverance of breaking curses that was done by the forefathers, covenants that were made. And so a child just gets born with us and this would be the fruit. And also, for example, uh, miscarriages, can't fall pregnant. Miscarriage upon miscarriage upon miscarriage. Um, you know that there's a trail here. And, and these babies are being chewed. You know, they're being, they're being taken. And, and, and they, they, it's, it's a sacrifice. It's, it's, this is bringing sacrifices. And so um, we've done a lot around babies and and you know especially with Hitler this this was very interesting in Germany um we would get there and so many of the younger generation couldn't fall pregnant and then we started when we dug up the bloodline and looked at the history 
we came across the, the, the breeding farms. And so those girls, they were not married. Um, the SS soldiers would come, um, uh, have one night stands with them and get them impregnated. And so these girls would, um, when they give birth to the babies, then once a year, Hitler would come riding past in his car on his birthday. And the mamas would tell the children and point to him and say, there goes your papa, there goes your daddy, you know, and um, that was the only father they ever knew because here they growing up, they don't know who the dad was. The girls don't know who the dad was. You know, they just get impregnated. So what happens, a curse comes upon the family. So there was a whole generation in the time of Hitler that was cursed because the word of God says in, in, in Deuteronomy that if you have a child outside of wedlock, you are cursed for 10 generations. And so here we have, um, the, these girls can't fall pregnant. And so we started to break those curses of illegitimacy. Hmm. And the next year, the church was full of babies. People had fallen pregnant and there was just a whole lot of babies. So it was like God restored a generation, you know, wherever we could bring the message and pray and help the people, but to break the curse of illegitimacy. And that's all to do with water spirits and the witchcraft, you know, so, and, and the fertility. Question. What kind of encouragement or exhortation would you provide Christians, listeners that have had repetitive miscarriages? We would definitely look at the bloodline, Dan, for sure, because there's covenants, because God has promised us that our children will be like little palm trees around our table and we will feed them. I mean, that's every woman's dream is to have little children sitting around a table and um, a noisy table with all these little, little sheep, you know, little lambs um, bleating. That's what, that's what your dream is as a mother, um, as a woman. And so when you can't fall pregnant and you keep on having the sad every month is this terrible trauma and sadness of empty arms and, and no baby. Uh, we know that there is a curse that is at work because it's not God's will. God's will is for us to have children. If, if people work it out and they say, okay, then I'm going to adopt. Many times, once they've adopted the first baby, very soon after that, they actually fall pregnant. Um, it's like something gets gets just set free in them. I think it's the striving. I think it's the pressure, you know, and every month, oh, isn't there a baby yet, you know, and, and oh, it just gets too much for you. And then eventually you say, okay, I'm going to adopt. And you go down that route and then your body relaxes and then, wow, well, here you have your own baby. So I would definitely look at uh, generational curses. I, I would trace your background. So you look at your, your family crest, you look at the country of origin, where do you come from? Um, and you start tracing and you start just getting a bit of a history. I mean, from a, from a family crest, you can get quite a lot of, of seeing what covenants were made 
by the spirits, you know, on, on the bloodline? What, what is the banner that is over you as, as a family? This is your banner. Your family crest is your banner. Because when they rode into battle for war, they rode with their, with their crests. And that's how they rode into battle. So I would definitely encourage, and we have seen many, many women that couldn't fall pregnant, that have had the sad, you know, that, that heartache. Um, we've, we've really seen amazing breakthroughs once we've dealt with it. We've seen um, um, water balances, which will affect the mind as well, which brings the chemical imbalance, uh, you know, that brings also stress and nightmares and all sorts of things and attacks on the mind. So it's all the water in your body is going to be affected by the moon. If there is a demonic covenant, it's going to affect you. So whether it be your menstrual cycle, whether it be your mental capacity, um, you know, even your mental state is affected with the moon. So um, that manic, uh, um, manic child, you know, that threw himself in the fire all the time. And, and the disciples are saying, but, you know, we're trying to drive the, out this demon. And, 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 you know, it was all about the moon. And so for sure there, if there's a demonic covenant, which, I mean, who, which family is not, which family is clean that does not have this, you know, we all come from Adam and Eve and, and, and the grids you teaching are even pre-Adamic stuff that comes through. So that, that's uh, amazing. My, my audience doesn't know about grids yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about it though. We, we, we can oh, talk wow. Oh, wow. I tell you, it, it's such, something opened up for me big time. Big time. Really. When, when you shared. All right. Hold on. So, folks. <laughs> Amanda's bringing something up that uh, we, we've been making some strides with. As a matter of fact, by the time you are listening to this podcast, there will be a prayer on our website at bridemovement.com. Um, it's a new prayer resource. It's called... Uh, evil grid renunciation and uh th th this is going to be one of a number of prayer resources that we are going to be putting out over time on the subject of grids but what we've learned is that grids are basically quantum networks of energy pathways that intersect at nodal points and those nodal points function as both doors and realms uh Sometimes from certain angles, they will look like crystalline structures. Uh, so the grids look like nets or spider webs that span throughout the spirit world, all, all throughout the creation. And they are undergirded by an ancient iniquity that, that is pre-Adamic. And so what happens is when people are entangled with evil grids, they will renounce and repent for this and that and all of their known sins and everything else and still be in bondage to the grids. It's just, it, it is basic 101 deliverance doesn't touch the grids. And so we are beginning to find the grids and gaining strategy, uh, which is based on a revelation of the light of God uh, to, to take the grids down in a very effective manner. I, I am going to go ahead and ask you, Priscilla, uh, we, we haven't even followed up on this. You know, we, we got to sit down and you, you were the uh, willing recipient of some uh, evil grid renunciation type ministry. Uh, 
And I'm just going to give you a, a minute to talk about what that was like from your perspective. I know you don't remember all the words I use, but that doesn't matter right now. Um, just tell me what you saw and, and what happened and what happened afterwards. All right. So um, after the last interview we did, um, we took some time to, to pray together. Um, and um, basically you, guided me through a prayer to to do some renunciations and to also um, um, break down well it, it ended up in breaking down uh, parts of the grids that that I was part of that that was fed by my iniquity or the pre-edemic iniquity that they were tapping into um, so what what I saw happening, you know, like my, you you have to know also, you listeners, that um, me as a presenter, I'm, I'm not as smart as my parts who are on the inside. Like they 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 understand things much better than I do. So when I see pictures, they're often very very easy pictures that I can understand. So when, when Dan was introducing me to this stuff, um, he asked me what I saw and I was like, well, I, I see a Rubik's cube. <laughs> Is that like, <laughs> and, and um, but to me it made sense because um, a Rubik's cube has all these colors and it's a cube and a cube is a, is a very interesting geometric form in itself. And um, it's a 3D form. And if like it inside the cube, it brought me into this different dimensions where um, parts of me, my humanity were captured in this web. So this web has all kinds of points, uh, nodal points, I think you call them. And um, in, in one point, there could be many parts of many people's humanity and um, which I think has the purpose of breaking down information. Like if every person would know everything about one subject, then it's not a secret anymore. So what, what happened is inside one nodal point, there were a lot of parts of different people's humanity with bits and pieces of information and only the one that controls, that has the overview, can, can see the whole picture and has the whole information, but not the ones who are inside the nodal point. Do I, do I say that right, Dan? Does it? All right. So that is, that is what I saw happening. But when you are taking down this kind of grid, um, it's not just my like my parts of my humanity were, were taken out, but it, it, because it's a, like, it's a domino effect when you, when you push one domino, you know, all the other things go, they fall down as well. So that is the same thing, like me being removed out of this, this nodal point and not just one. I mean, it was like, it was like many, many points that, that were affected by this. Um, basically the way I sensed what happened, it's like, 
it's like this massive um, uh, lockdown of 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 a uh, electrical grid. You you know, in a city, when you look from above and and a part of a city, um, all the lights turn down. Yeah. Well, that is what it looked like to me. That 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 uh, because you you remove one part of a city and and that that causes a whole uh, electrical lockdown so that was at the moment itself what happened and um for me it was very in, intense in a spiritual way like to to go through this because it was um i mean it's hard it's hard work getting rid of all your stuff it's hard work it's not something that you just do two hours of work can feel like you you you've been working for for nine hours straight so um um after i i mean i i told a few people about it and as i was talking things started to make sense to me and um, without going into too much detail, because it's there's some personal stuff involved as well, but I really got some breakthroughs after that. Like we we um, like I'm not fixed, you know. I'm I'm not. I I still have parts that I need to work through and that I need to work with, and we've had actually some pretty pretty deep breakthroughs after this that. Um, that I think, you know, because we also work with the underworld grid um, and there was some very deep stuff from the underworld that was released back to me um, again. And um, so that that was really uh, powerful. Um, and I'm actually looking forward to the prayer because I've got some other grids that I feel that need to be taken down. So, yeah, I think... Um, uh, it's it's a really powerful prayer, and also um, what I forgot to say is that when you talk about the light, you you have the breastplate breastplate of the Lion of Judah that was involved, and it's it's you know we we read in the Old Testament about the breastplate, and we think oh you know nice and and but we don't <clears throat> often we think oh man this is Old Testament not interesting. Um, but when you actually start to learn about it and to pray about it and to see what is the practical application in ministry, I saw for myself, like being on the receiving end of the ministry, I saw that these stones that are in the breastplate are really very powerful. They, they, every a uh, stone is from a different material and a different color and therefore um, a different kind of frequency comes from it which affects the grid that that is that is being attacked so it and we actually applied it in other situations as well like i last week i was doing um uh, I was going through some prayers with my husband and um, we actually applied this principle of the breastplate of Yeshua where we, we had to go into a place where there was a lot of quantum security uh, and um, 
So we asked the Lion of Judah to take us with his breastplate to, to, to completely destroy all the security in this, in this place. And I mean, it worked. And it, it was really amazing to see how you can apply these principles um, in, in ministry. So yeah, that was really amazing. Well, uh, thank you for the update. That's, uh, yeah. you know, I, I we actually didn't have the opportunity to connect on whatever no. came after that, and so I, I'm I'm really really glad to hear that God moved and 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 it was uh, fruit that remained. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, yes. <laughs> and you know, folks, I mean, for those of you that have been hanging out with us at the Bride Ministries Church, uh, this kind of thing is why we've been on a series called the activation of living stones um, which blends right into some of these conversations on the breastplate and and the whys and so okay that was a rabbit trail but coming (laughs) back to the main point that we are here for this podcast uh we're still talking about the underwater spirit kingdom and here's another question that i have Because I am aware that under the sea, there's more than just spirit cities. There are military bases that were built into the seabed and alien bases that are like outposts of entities that are established underwater. A lot of ufologists have noted both unidentified flying objects or what they call UFOs and unidentified submerging objects, which they call USOs. And I was aware of this long before I had any idea that there were bases that were belonging to entity groups that, I mean, they're, uh, what are they? Hybrids, aliens, different, like, you know, they're, I mean, for people that have encountered them, very much physical. (laughs) And then you have the spirit cities. And so I'm just asking you, Priscilla, Amanda, what can you help me with when it comes to this realm of convergence? Well, well, convergence is a difficult word for me. I don't really know what it means, but, but what I can uh say about the um, uh, military bases um or ufo uso it's it's all coming from the same source like we we tend to say like you have the grays you have the blacks you have the nephilims you have the this and that and yes there are different species but they all have one master and and it's it's lucifer and it's satan which is their commander in in the end and that it's my belief anyway and so everything that god has given to man to to have dominion over satan has tried or well pretty successfully to be honest to to take dominion over it himself which includes the seas the mountains 
every like everything and and of course then you have the planets and and uh and and the ufos in the skies but if we just keep it to to this earth um and the seas um i think that um what we for our normal human mind call an unidentified it is just another um reality that we have to learn is true and we have to identify it it's it's like um and we you know with with the scientists and everything they they keep calling it an unidentified um to keep it mysterious to keep us in fear to to keep us um um afraid when it eventually comes into the light to humanity and everybody is going to be like whoa what is this but if we uh, learn to 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 not walk in fur, f fear and we start saying okay there is more than us than just as humans walking this earth and there are other creatures um whether they are hybrids or aliens from under the sea or from from the sky or or whatever then we we start identifying them and putting a name to something makes the fear go away and makes makes it makes it tangible and it helps us christians to to um to identify it and therefore know that it is under the authority of jesus christ so that takes away all fear because when when i um encounter something that i don't know i'm afraid when i encounter something that i know i can still be scared because it it's very evil and it oozes out so much darkness but i can take my stand and say you know jesus is with me and and with jesus who who can come against me he who is in me is stronger than he who is in the world so um maybe it doesn't really get into the specifics of your question you know what are they or what's going on but but that is something that that was really on my heart to say you know we need to stop keep it unidentified we need to put a name to it because it takes away the fear and and i think your program helps with that to be honest oh yeah um amanda did you have something you wanted to no, no, no. Agreed. Agreed with what she said. Your your program really addresses these issues. Yeah, I don't know of anyone else really that does address this. So here's the thing. Um, I I think I I think I know exactly how to identify these things. A lot of these craft, right? Uh, they they have. Uh, I mean, some of them are being built. Uh, there, there's a term it's called a tr3b anyone can look it up they can actually build these craft they're 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 three-pointed you know they float they have anti-gravity uh some of these craft things fly around in our entities themselves they have their own sentience or consciousness the, the the way you fly it is by psychically plugging into the entity and 
converging on consciousness and this you know uh it, it's it's very interesting so but i want to ask priscilla did, did you ever as a mermaid uh, make your way to military bases uh, were you ever summoned to some of these alien bases or were most of your summonings to the spirit cities and atlantis well not necessarily as a mermaid because there are enough portals on this earth that go straight to these places in in like under the under the sea like it, it's embedded in the sea but there are portals here on this earth that bring you straight to it. So you can you can go there as a mermaid, I guess, but I would, I think I would usually, I'm just thinking right now, I think I would usually just go using a portal um, that, that would bring me there. So, but I mean, yes, I, I, I've been there. Um, but I, I have to say I was not, um, you know, you have people who are primarily military programmed. Um, I did, I did have assassins and, and, and stuff like, I did have some military programming, but it wasn't my primarily function. So if I would go there, it was usually to charge. Like I was, I was a walking battery basically and um if there would be high up um people that that needed information that needed a download from a fallen angel or something i would be brought there and i was used as a medium i, I think i'll do a medium yep to 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 transfer information from from a fallen angel to to this person and um that that would be most of the time why why i would go to these places um not because i had an active function there fascinating um did you notice a difference in construction, architecture, and technology? Ooh, um, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is that everything was much more flat. Like it wasn't high, high up, pointing the sky. It was much more flat, and and uh, even from there into the ground, more more into the ground as well. The um, um, they use a different technology, different, um, they, um, I think almost everything is done tele telepathically, but then not the psychic way, but the science way. So... It's, it's like, I think I explained this before. It's, it's, it's like a lot of things before were only possible in the occult, spiritually. But now through science and with all the quantum 
um, science that we have, a lot of the things that we think is supernatural is also possible um, um, in, in a, from a science point of view. So um, exchanging thoughts can be very scientific. You don't, have, you don't need tele, telepathy uh, as a occult skill, but as a science. You, you understand the difference? Um, and, um, and that is what they use there. Like the, there is a lot of occult going on. Like there are fallen angels who give technology to, to these people and, and things like that, but it's much more scientific in my, th that is what it looks to me much more, um, hidden under the blanket of science and and uh, um, technology that they have they have bi bionic bi bionic um, kind of weapons with with um, a little like dragons and flies and, and mosquitoes that that are not um, they're not real animals they're like made of technology and um, but also um like the real big they got huge spider like creatures walking around that from a distance you would think it's a spider but when you get close to it it's all technology so it, it's very much different um uh kind of things going on yeah Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, you guys, you keep doing this to me, right? Because I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this list of subjects, um, some of which are clearly uh, borderline fascinating, others of which might actually be. Uh, and every time we do this exercise, you guys give me this list and then we only get halfway every time halfway and so we're talking about the transhumanism and ai project right and that was something i was really excited about talking about we don't have time chakras including the alpha and omega chakras and how the occult uses yeah. these we don't have time. The Merkaba, as it relates to Kabbalah, and we don't have time. The new birth identity. <laughs> uh, timelines and how this ministry affects survivors. We don't have time. So, folks, I, I, I don't know what to say here, uh, except that I may have to do a part four, depending on availability. But <laughs> before we end this, I mean, this is, a hor this is a horrible situation. Would either of you like to apologize to my listening audience for what you've done to me? <laughs> well, I mean, it's... 
it's really um, great to to get this information out. And um, I've listened to some of your other uh, people that talk to Lauren, to Jan, and they are, really have beautiful hearts and they share really important stuff as well. So, um, but for us, for, for me, for Amanda, it's really um, been a blessing for us to be on this show and to to share this with you and um uh so dear listeners we're very sorry but not really <laughs> <laughs> yeah can i tell you what happened dan yeah. i was making the list before the time and then i'm i'm saying to pris okay let's work out number one number two you know because this is my teacher head and i i want to have things organized. And I say, are the pictures organized? Is everything, you know, so that if your picture comes up that we know where we're going. So she starts laughing at me. So I said, don't laugh at me. This is, she says, Amanda, you know how it goes. We get going. And she said, let's take a bet. Up to what number do you think we're gonna get today? <laughs> she knew. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but so, yet I was wrong. We didn't even get as far as I thought we would get. Yeah, we, did. we missed a number. But Dan, we, we, we really want to say to you, thank you so much for giving us the blessing and the privilege of, of being with you, you know, on the interviews. It's been awesome for us to be able to share. Um, I know that not everybody can can even receive this um, this stuff. So I know your listeners are um, their ears are trained and their spirits are trained, and um, so it's it's of the um, the few platforms I think in the world that is actually listening and and that is able to 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 um, hear this and be able to receive it. So. Um, we we're so glad that we're not weird alone that um <laughs> we were we were together so but it's been it's been such a blessing and and to the listeners um you know the response we've got the emails we've got um we just want to also say thank you um for opening your hearts and receiving um, the comments that you've given, it's just been amazing for us to be part of this and to journey together. Yes. So thank you from our side. And just for the record, Amanda, uh, why don't you go ahead and give out your website? Okay. Um, my website is canaanministries.org. So um, that's very easy. You can go on there. There's oh, so many prayers and things and it's uh, the Lord has um, told us just to let it go. I mean, we, we're living in a country where the finances are quite tight. And so we just, it's God's work anyway. So we've just put it up there, freely available for people to download and to work through. And it'll be great if we can get some feedback. And I'm, I am so excited about what uh, Dan shared with us the last time was and, you know, as Pris was saying, um, Dan, what you did and the understanding of, of how you opened up the, the pre-Adamic sin, I mean, 
you know, it's come, come on guys. We've, we've, we're weird enough. You know, we've, we've got this far with Adam and Eve and the tree and, and all of that. And we thought, whoa, this is, this is the beginning and the end. But now you go and you go and push it even further back and you go to pre-Adamic sin. <laughs> and it was like, you know, you, you sort of take this breath and you say, okay, how does this work? You know, how can, how can this be uploaded on us? And my head started to work because I've been working with First Nations, um, you know, our country, and then just learn from others. And I tell you, I could see, I could see intercession-wise bigger um, that that we can use this that God has given you to to really break down the Tower of Babel that was put up. Um, and what happened after there, because the Tower of Babel, that's how I saw it, connected the pre-Adamic sin. That, that was the bridge. That, that was the satellite that connected the pre-Adamic sin. And so Nimrod being used, you know, as the link, because he's the one that was a normal human being. And then the Bible says, and he became a Giborim, which means he became a Nephilim. So what, what, what's his trick? What's his well, trick? <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what, guys, you know, uh, and I'm just going to close with this comment. Uh, the devil is not as good at 3D chess as God. He loses every time. And this is the thing. The way I look at it, God set up a honey trap. Mankind, who is always going to be redeemed by Jesus, lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The devil couldn't help himself. He said... We're going to weave all this pre-Adamic iniquity into the honey trap, man. So when God redeems man, now everything is getting redeemed in Christ Jesus. And the devil did it. So goodness gracious, uh, here we go. Our God is the winner every time. Amen. So with that said, folks, we are all about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And until next time, God bless and God speak. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.